Alexa, who is Adam Ferrara? Adam Ferrara is an American actor and comedian known for playing the roles of Chief Needles Nelson on Rescue Me, Sergeant Frank Virelli opposite Edie Falco on Nurse Jackie. He was a co-host on the U.S. version of Top Gear. He has had three Comedy Central specials and his new album is called It's Scary In Here. Adam's new podcast is a big hit and available everywhere. Sounds like it could be funny. Sounds to me like 30 minutes you'll never get back. I am so glad you are here because we have another great show just waiting for you. My guest in the ADD interview is the automotive journalist and host of the Smoking Tire podcast. It's my pal, Matt Farah. And we want to welcome everyone from our Talk To Me Tuesday family. That's our conversation we have every week, 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Go to my website, click the link, and join us. And our superfan shout-out is for Kevon. No, not Kevin. Kevon. K-E-V-A-N. Say hello to Kevon, everyone. Hello, Kevon. Kevon! How you doing, buddy? What's happening, Kevon? So I was reading in National Geographic, because I know how to party. Uh, I found uh, a personality <laughs> test. There's a personality test in National Geographic. Yes. Hold on. Wait. Where's the book? <laughs> That's so odd. Where's the book? There we go. See? Your personality explained exploring the science of identity. Did you read it cover to cover, Adam? Nah, I stopped halfway through. <laughs> Apparently, my personality is one that gives up easy. <laughs> Adam, quick yeah. question. Did you order the Sea Monkeys from the back of the magazine, or is that a different magazine I'm thinking of? No, that's a different one here. I get... <laughs> sea oh, okay. Monkeys. There's a, what, on the back of this one, it says, uh, Andy Warhol was a hoarder. I don't know why what? it says that. <laughs> it says that? <laughs> okay. I don't know why it says that. All right. Okay, Adam, I have a question. Yes, darling. <laughs> Where did you pick up a National Geographic? Yeah, you went to the dentist, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> Swipe uh, the magazine. I think you would score low on the personality test for swiping a magazine. Just saying. Yeah. Thank God that question wasn't in there. Okay. Or you tore it out, right? Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, so, yeah. So, I thought it'd be fun. Uh, here's the way we're going to answer. I'm going to ask you guys questions. Marcus, you keep score. Got it. Okay. Now, the way you answer this question is one to five. If you disagree, it's one. If you slightly disagree, it's two. If you're neutral about it, it's three. If you slightly agree with the question, it is four. And if you really agree, it is five. Mark, you write down those numbers and those numbers we're each going to have, and that's going to tell us what our personality is all about. Got it? Got it. All right. <laughs> question number one, ladies first. Phil? Oh, uh, what a... <laughs> Uh, question one is, I am the life of the party. Philip. Uh, when I was drinking, definitely number five. Now it's going to be more like three. Okay, so we subtract two for sobriety. You got that, Mark? <laughs> yeah. Two. All right. Three is neutral. Got it. All right. <laughs> Honey, I am the life of the party. I would say slightly disagree. Slightly disagree. Mm -hmm. All right. That's okay. two, Mark. Uh, Mark, I am the life of the party. Agree, baby. I'm the straw that stirs the drink. All oh, right. Man. Mark's drunk right now. <laughs> and apparently full of himself. Oh. And put down slightly agree for me. Depends on my mood. Okay. All right. Question number two. I feel little concern for others. Honey? You know that's disagree. Yes. I, I didn't even have to ask. <laughs> Philip? Uh, depends on who the others are, but I'm going to go with three again. Three. All right. Phil's neutral. Phil's going to end up being Switzerland in his whole fucking <laughs> <Right>. life. <laughs> yeah. Marcus? I am very much uh, disagree. Disagree. Yeah. 
I do. Too. I'm, I'm codependent, so uh, I, I I feel a lot for other people, but it's because it's because of my own friggin' needs. So <laughs> I would go put, for you slightly because yeah, so put down two for me. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Uh, number three, Marcus. I am always prepared. No. <laughs> All right. That's I'm b- going to go uh, slightly disagree on that one because I've often caught with my pants down. All right. Marcus is a dangler. Philip? <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I wasn't ready for the question. All right. Phil's a dangler, too. Put that down. <laughs> We're going to go neutral for you. <laughs> that's consistent. Honey? <laughs> I'm going to say neutral. I'm going to say slightly agree because I, 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 I try to be prepared and sometimes there's stuff I can't see. So give me a, give me a four on that, Mark. You got it. All right. Uh, this question is for you, honey. Get stressed out easily. Mm, slightly disagree. Okay. It takes a lot. Yeah. Yeah. You stress me out easily, but you don't get stressed out. <laughs> Philip. Do I get stressed out easily? Have you just met me? Mark, that's a five. Put that down. <laughs> five that might plus. even be a seven right there. <laughs> there you go. That sounds like it. <laughs> Marcus? Uh, I'm going to st- slightly disagree. I think I've got a calm demeanor about me, so I'm going to give myself a two on that one. That's good. Um, <laughs> uh, I got to say, I got to go with agree. I wish I, I didn't, but I do. So give me a five. Uh, I would <laughs> go with five plus two, Adam, right. for you. <laughs> Uh, pay attention to details, Marcus. Again, something in my job I should probably be better at. I'm going to go slightly disagree. All right. I, let some details slip from time to time. That's good. And, and, and he's the scorekeeper, so this is going to be horribly wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Philip. I'm going to go with uh, I slightly agree. Okay. Honey. Agree, agree, agree. Too much sometimes. Really? Yep. <laughs> All right. Put put down a, an agree for Alex and put down a slightly disagree for me on Alex's answer. <laughs> <laughs> Move it along, All right. Ferrara. Okay. What are you, my friend? Uh, I agree. I do p- try and pay attention to details. Okay. Uh, no, I, I pay more attention to details than you do. Okay. Now, now take off another one for her for talking about <laughs> Yeah, points We're now. not going to have this true. now. It's true. Really? Mm-hmm. Honey, what does this say? <laughs> honey, how you do this? Honey, honey. All right, shit. Case closed. Subtract two Case from closed. my score. She's right. Don't like to draw attention to myself, Marcus. I uh, very much agree. Yeah. In my mind, I'm a CIA operative everywhere I go. I don't want anybody <laughs> noticing who I am. Okay. All right, so you so that's a five for you, and then and put down yes, an agreed. eight for delusional for you. <laughs> <laughs> Forty-eight for delusional. Thank you very much. Okay. okay, honey, don't like to draw attention to myself. Um, I don't. I know, but I do. I know. So I'm in. A... You agree? I know you agree. Okay, I agree. Yeah, I, you agree. Yeah. I, I saw someone. Ah, she she don't want to draw attention to herself. She yeah. just she can't help herself because she's because she, she's smoking hot. <laughs> <laughs> Philip, don't like to draw attention to myself. In certain situations. Okay, but you seem to enjoy it in supermarkets and public places. Every time I <laughs> yeah, yeah. Except, except you're phrasing that wrong. You're the one. You're the, you're, you're the one who draws attention to me. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I put down strongly agree I like to draw attention to Philip. Put that down. <laughs> That's good. All right. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give me a slightly agree because I'm a comic and an actor, so there's some kind of need there I am. Okay. Put it up for me. Give you okay. a four on that one. Thank you. Spend time reflecting on things, honey. 
Yes, sometimes someone would call that procrastination. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> At least you categorize it and you're honest with yourself. Yes. Subcategory. Yes. Love so how would I answer that, Adam? I, you, but just put down, you slightly agree, because you reflect. <laughs> I'm reflecting. No, you're not. You don't want to do your taxes. You're not reflecting. <laughs> Who does? Yeah. All right, Marcus, you spent time reflecting on things. Oh, yes. I'd give myself a big, strongly agree on that one. Okay. Philip? Yes, and I unfortunately that time is bedtime for okay. me to reflect on. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, so, I can't yeah, sleep. Yeah, I agree. All right. All right. Uh, I don't reflect on things as much as I ruminate and kick myself. Does how do we have how do we have that? What I should have said. Yeah, that's, that's your, yeah. yeah. That, that's that. That's what I should have said. So yeah, put strongly agree. Yeah, I was going to say I've taken enough walks with you where we reflect on a lot of stuff. So yeah, I'm going to give you a seven for that. Okay. And finally, get upset easy. Is five the largest number you have, Mark? <laughs> for Phil, we've created an extra category for mm-hmm. this. You could go up to as high as you need to, Phil. Okay. Yeah. I meant for myself, but okay, Phil. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, was... I, I, I think it's safe to say that we all know my answer to that. Okay, yeah, so, so I'm a five. Phil's a five. Adam, honey. you're a five dot, dot, dot. I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. Just put down, I say, Mark, put down pie. Just put down the symbol for pie. <laughs> Never ending. Got there it. you go. Got it. Honey, you don't get upset. He's, I, I would give you a neutral on that one. And then when I do get upset, when people you do can't get upset, tell yeah. I'm upset. No, you, you can. That's you very do, upsetting. When you do get upset, the birds shit all over the deck. <laughs> <laughs> and Marcus, finally, you get upset easily. I A five when I'm behind the wheel, a one when I'm just walking through life. All right, so we'll make it a four. Yeah. <laughs> all right, good. All right, now. So, Mark, you got the total score. Add up the total scores for us, and I will read you the categories that they pertain to. I always right. wanted to say this. Okay. May I have the tally. Oh, that's good. All right. Now, these numbers pertain to uh, five different categories. Extrovert, uh, agreeableness, conscientious, neuroticism. Sounds dirty, but it's not. Open to experience. All right. So, our 39. Phil, you are somewhat agreeable. Not overly an extrovert, moderately conscientious, extremely neurotic, and <laughs> slightly open to experiences. Basically, Phil has the personality of a menopausal woman. That's what it says here. <laughs> Can't, you can do it without the punchline. It's not a punchline. The punch There's a picture of you on a fainting couch. It's oh, right stop here. It. Oh, I'm not, I'm not overly neurotic. <laughs> You're going to yell, it's math, Phil. I'm not overly neurotic. It's science, Phil. As you're screaming right now. What are you, Heisenberg? It's it's not, I'm I'm not overly, I'm not a neurotic. You want to argue with National Geographic? Take it up with my dentist. It's science. (laughs) (laughs) Who's next? Uh, Who scored do you want next? Marcus. I came in at a solid 33. Solid 33. Like the number. All right, I like it. You are uh, a moderate extrovert. You are agreeable. Right here, you are conscientious, you are slightly neurotic, uh, and you are open to experiences. You are basically a a Boy Scout with an ice cream. Uh, You know what? That's what I've only lived my life to be. Boy Scout with some ice cream. I want to be a Boy Scout with ice cream. (laughs) You sit in your box, I'm in mine. All right. (laughs) Deal with it. (laughs) Okay, Marcus, uh, what, what was Alex's score? Alex is the low score of the group with 31. 31. Is that good? Let's see. You are not an overly extrovert. It means you, know, you kind of like to stay home. You don't like to go out too much. 
Yeah. It's, right. you know, when I do have to go out, I make the best of it. Well, that's good. I hope we agree on that because you're very agreeable. So, mm-hmm. so right here. <laughs> uh, you're very conscientious, which is, I love you. Uh, you're not as neurotic as your husband. I swear to God, it says it right here. <laughs> uh, I strongly agree with that, by the way. Number one. Thank you. <laughs> uh, and you are open to experiences. So mm-hmm. basically, you are a little sea sprite. <laughs> is that good? Yeah, it's, it's excellent. I like it. That's you. Okay. okay. What was my score, Marcus? You got 188. There we go. 188. <laughs> what does that mean? No, no, no. You got, you got 34. 34. Okay. Yeah. I am slightly extroverted, somewhat agreeable. I am very conscientious. However, I am neurotic. Uh, yes. And I am open to new experiences. Basically, I'm, uh, I try to be nice, but I'm a pain in the ass to others. <laughs> That's what we got. That seems seems reasonable, doesn't anyway. it? Yeah, you know. I, would, I wouldn't argue with it. There you go. Yeah, that's good. And I want and I, I, I want to thank my dentist. <laughs> for this material. Thank you guys for doing it. I thought this would be fun to see what our level of self-awareness is, and maybe we could learn something about it. One of the things I learned from Matt Farrow, which I really loved, was he put himself in a position to succeed in the area that he loved, which is cars. Hmm. Yeah. I like the guy a great deal. You guys listen to this, and we'll see you on the other side. Five personality types, the alpha, beta, omega, gamma, and sigma personality types. It is important to know that a man does not have to stay in one category for his whole life. Basically, Phil has the personality of a menopausal woman. (laughs) You're listening to the Adam Ferrara podcast. He has suffered for his art, and now it's your turn. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. I got some stand-up dates for you. May 28th through the 30th, I will be at Cobb's Comedy Club in San Francisco. Then I'm going home to Strong Island, June 4th, one night only, the brokerage in Belmore, Long Island, and one night only, June 5th, I will be at Soul Joel's in Royalsford, Pennsylvania. There's a link to tickets right here in the show notes, or you can go to my website and click the link there. And as always, if you can make any of these gigs, please come up afterwards and let me thank you for the love and support you've shown me and this podcast. All right, go on, get out of here. Pay attention when I'm talking to you, boy. ADHD, it's not just for kids. Nice boy, but doesn't listen to a word you say. 
Welcome to the ADD interview. It's not that you're not interesting, it's just that I can't focus. And my guest this week is... Oh, look, a bird! My guest this week is an automotive journalist who has driven thousands of cars. He has written for The Drive, Road and Track, and his grandmother said he can recognize a car just by looking at the wheels. He's the creator and host of the Smoking Tire podcast. His new project is the Westside Collector Car Storage, which I've seen and is absolutely beautiful. Uh, I'm very grateful he's made some time for us today. He's a very busy man. He just bought a new house, but he's here with us now. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it is my friend Matt Farah. How are you, pal? Adam, thanks for that intro. Good to see you, my friend. I actually I did your podcast. You have a studio up in the garage that's beautiful, mm-hmm. and the garage itself is, is is stunning. And I wanted to ask you about that project because I I... I love the fact that you build stuff and and you finish stuff. <laughs> I mean, I well, you have... don't. At a certain point, you no longer have a choice. Yeah. <laughs> at a certain point, yeah. you either are left with like a Brazilian shanty town, or, right. or you have to finish something. Right. Um, dude, like, dude, like, building is really hard. I mean, respect for like people that actually. And I don't. I I, I didn't do anything I, right. I told a few people to do some things i didn't do anything and i certainly don't have any I, I, you asked me now that i know how it's done if you asked me to do it again i couldn't couldn't do right. it that time either but i could sound a, i latched on to like six key points and i sound very authoritative when mm. i talk about the concrete and steel um it's just you you know you have to find the right experts and then and then trust that they know what they're doing mm. and, and hopefully you don't get like ripped off or or you know have some other kind of catastrophe but you know we've never we've done things that that people haven't done before which is like put quad vehicle stackers there's a lot of regulatory um uh, things you have to deal with to do that and Mm. so you know i got to get a a graduate degree in commercial real estate i'm sure this is what your audience wants to hear about no i I wanted i wanted no but i i wanted to (laughs) i was just when i looked around because i was there and i i saw the the four high car storage and you see them all the time in new york in in in, yes. in, in lots because it's outside this is the first yeah. time it's ever inside a building we have the same racks you know by the by the javits center yeah and then down in soho so yeah, yeah. we have those units and we are the first people to ever put those units indoors i was gonna say i've never seen them uh, indoors i mean th- uh, the Peterson doesn't even have them. The Pe- <laughs> I got a car in the Peterson right now. It's in prison because I donated it to the museum, le- uh, lent it, lent it to the museum, uh-huh. you know, for this exhibit. And they go, yeah, this is uh, the museum's going to open in uh, in 10 days. And I go, OK, this was in August. <laughs> no, nobody can go in the museum. So the car, the car is on this beautiful display. It's literally in prison. It can't, I can't go get it. I can't drive it. Some people are like. Oh, free car storage. Yay. I'm like, yo, I'm trying to come in there and like jailbreak my shit. <laughs> yeah. Now, is it your Countach that's in there? Yeah, the Lambo, which it's so cool, but it, you have to drive it. It's so much better when you drive it. Sure. You know? By the way, Countach, you know what Countach means in Italian? It's, it, I don't know. I, I hear it's variations between wow and holy fuck. It's like I so have- it lives somewhere in there, right? I heard it means look at that ass. <laughs> yeah, basically, that's pretty much. It's like an exclamation of absurd joy of some type. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it fits that car too. It's also it's what you say when you when it starts. You're so happy, you're just so happy cuz like it's when this thing starts, it's a really 
it's got the weirdest start. Uh-huh. And I thought it was broken until I read a uh, a Jay Leno piece in like, you know, sports car market or something that referred to another car that did exactly the same thing mine does, which is when you start it, it fires one cylinder at a time. So it's like, and then it's smooth after that. And you're like, then you go, well, that must be broken. Yeah, I got lucky that it started. I better drive it right to the shop. No, but it's that's exactly. But then, you know, Jay wrote wrote this article. It's like, and then when it does the magical Countach one at a time firing order, I'm like, what? It works. Caddy did that in reverse, and it never worked. Well, it went the other way. It went from eight to six to four. (laughs) Don't, don't, don't. Yeah, never worked. Is that your favorite Lamborghini, the Countach? Oh, yeah. I mean, how you know, it was, you know, I'm born in 1981. So for me, that is, that is the, it's the only, that's the only Lamborghini they made, like they made while I was a child. So. Yeah, that, that was it. <laughs> yeah. What about the Diablo? It's a Chrysler. Move along. Yo, they're coming up, though. The Diablos are really coming up. Early Diablos are kind of junk, but they're undervalued in the market. Mm-hmm. Later Diablos are really expensive, but they're very fun to drive. If you ever get to have a go in a Diablo, they are really fun. My favorite Lamborghini, um, and it's because I got to drive it, was uh, was the Balboni. Oh, yeah. Rear-wheel drive, manual transmission. What's not to yeah, like? Yeah, rear-wheel drive, metal shift gate. That, that period of 05 to 10, 2005 to 2010, when you could buy these very modern cars but with manual gearboxes in small numbers, uh-huh. those manuals are going to be worth a, a lot, a lot of money. And paying paying what probably seems like a ridiculous markup for that manual now, I think will will make itself back in uh-huh. the long run for sure. Yeah. I'm going to pick your brain on this because um... – I, I don't know if I'm right, but is the F430 the last um, Ferrari you can get with a, uh, a manual? Um, technically, uh, in mass production, yes, the 430 was the last. They made less than 10 Ferrari Californias in a stick mm-hmm. in 2010, and they made six or seven 599s with a manual, too, and those are worth a fortune. I mean, the the last one of those to sell, those 599s with a stick, sold for like, Five six hundred thousand dollars, whereas a regular five nine nine is worth one hundred and forty. Fastest I've ever gone was in a Ferrari. I did a one eighty eight in a in an F twelve Berlinetta. That car goes. That's a fast car. There's stuff now. I just drove uh, the McLaren seven six five LT, which makes like eight hundred horsepower, and it has um, a close ratio transmission, which which these cars do not need. <laughs> it doesn't need it all. That kind like, of horsepower, you, know, you need like, some long legs, baby. What are you doing? Yeah, I mean, with 800 horsepower, short gears is not really what we need in a rear-wheel drive car. And so this thing would do burnouts at 100 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. And this is not some crazy tuner car. It's not like a Hennessy thing. It's not some Texas special. You can lease this. <laughs> and, <laughs> You know what I mean? You can lease this with a warranty. And and they just came out, they just announced, it's coming out in a couple of weeks, a car called the Elva, which is basically that, but without a roof or windshield. 800 horsepower, no windshield? 
No windshield, 800 horsepower. <laughs> and part of me goes, they've got this technology, which they're talking about, that it bounces the air around the the, the cockpit. So right. it's got no no fucking windshield, no roof, no windows. But it's got it's got this deflector thing that over 30 miles an hour bends the air around you. So in theory, you have a bubble of calm air in the middle. Uh-huh. Do you think this deflector stops rocks? <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, I feel bad for Matt. The test guy in the wind tunnel till they got it right. Like the uh, like the Maxell guy in the chair. Like, oh. Yeah. Just sitting there. That guy's now known as One-Eyed Fred. Guys, I don't think we should use a real human for the uh, pebble test, do you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, just put Fred in there. He's got a bad outlook on life anyway. I don't know why that voice is so perfect for that guy. (laughs) Oh, it's fucking good. I love talking to you. You're one of my favorite people. I was going to say, my brother, I like laughing with you. Oh, that's good. I want to start at the very beginning. I, uh, I was doing my research on you, and I read that your grandmother said that you can identify a car just by looking at the wheels. The idea that someone more famous than me has done research on me is deeply unsettling. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, I, I, I have a great affinity for you, as you know. Do you have a recollection of when you got into cars? That is true, actually. My grandma did say it's not true that it's true. It's true that my grandma said that right. she should have. She could have been a hundred percent full of shit, rest her soul. But but <laughs> it's entirely possible. No, I mean it. It's it is it is a it was an addiction that began very early. And very aggressively. And, yeah. and you know, before I could drive, you know, it started with pointing at things and then <laughs> looking at pictures. And then, you know, eventually worked its way to reading, followed by go-karting, followed by, you know, illicitly driving my father's cars, wherever that became uh, uh, possible. And, yeah. and, and, and obsession, obsession. But not, you know, before open source media like YouTube and podcasting and stuff like that, reading reviews in road and track or, or seeing uh, John Davis on motor week or, or later top gear <clears throat> when top gear first started being like bootlegged. Yeah. yeah. And motor week was Sunday mornings in New York. Um, that didn't seem like a, like a job that you could just like have that people, that you had to, you had to be somebody very special to do that, you know? And so YouTube made it possible to, 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 to bypass those systems. And if you were capable of, of producing, you could produce. So yeah, and I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you why uh, I identified with you um, very uh, early on, um, which speaks to the time that we're talking about right now is I, I became a fan of uh, fast lane daily. Yeah, that's how I got my kind of kind of start doing talk about cars. Yeah, yeah, I, I remember Derek D is a friend. Uh, JM Usual, um, him and, and and Alex Roy, and on Fridays uh, Leo Parenti would uh, do the shakedown. And uh, you were you were really there, weren't you? You were fucking yeah. there. Oh yeah, yeah, and of course, yeah, Matt Farah. Yeah, and I was watching, and you said something uh, in an article, uh, and you articulated a a long time feeling uh, that I had. Is the information uh, is the information. The guy delivering the information is uh, who you gravitate to. Right. John Sally. You know, John Sally told me that when I was doing the car show with John Sally. You know, John? I never met John, no. 
He's he's he was the coolest man. I did I did one season of television with that guy, and he just he taught me a lot about Hollywood and life. <laughs> and uh, and one of the things he told me is you know when you're on a show that's a multi-host kind of thing, or if you're in out in the world doing a thing that other people do, he's like people will always just pick their favorites and you just got to let them, you just got to let them pick their favorite. And, and even when they pick somebody else, it doesn't mean that like, you're not doing a good job. It just means that they relate to someone's opinions a little better. And that, that was very good advice. Yeah, that's all it is. Uh, he also taught me about sneaking weed through airports before it was legal. Uh, <laughs> I, he also taught me that when you are seven feet tall and in a Reno casino, just always say yes that you're Michael Jordan, even if you're not. Right. Life will be a lot easier if you don't try and explain. Yeah, life, life's gonna be, yes, yeah, you are famous, easier. but no, you are not Michael Jordan. I, if you had to, I walked through lobbies of hotel casinos. Right. With two, with John Sally once, and then with Bill Goldberg once. And you, you ever meet Goldberg? Never met him. He's an interesting guy and he's a car guy and mm. and i walked through the lobby of the uh flaming tropicana tropicana hotel in vegas with him and you know wwf or wwe whatever you know wrestling vegas you know he is you know he's an enormous superstar right. it took us like an hour to get to the fucking elevator you know he was so nice about everybody and i just went oh, don't ever let me get this fame you know hanging out with, with famous people i had the best day when i was third down Third down the the ranking of fame? Yeah, third okay. down is, you know, you're the guy taking the picture. But people ask you to take a picture with them with others. <laughs> That's pretty much when people stop you. So I, I was at a Jet game with uh, Kevin James and Adam Sandler. It's a pretty good three, by the way. I mean, to be third to those two, is you're still pretty good. Pretty, pretty Yeah, I, I, I didn't care. I was just riding the coattails. I mean, we, we got into the owner's box. We're the Jet game at Woody Johnson's owner's box. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and the mother shows up, you know. And, um, and you know, there's only eight home games a year. So this is uh, – she clearly did not want us there. Uh-huh. So Sandler and Kevin have to do the, the shaking hands. You know, I, I, I'm eating shrimp. <laughs> exactly. So the mother's there, and uh, the mother goes to Kevin. Um, we saw you show The King of Queens, and Kevin's very gracious. He's like, oh, thank you for watching it. Did you like it? And she goes, not, not for me. No, not for me. <laughs> What a boss. <laughs> Fucking yeah. rules. Hey, it's your box. It's your shrimp. What, what are they going to say? <laughs> yeah. Well, I told Kevin, I go, just tell her her Band-Aids suck. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> that, that was a fun day. <laughs> but getting back to, uh, to Fast Lane Daily, I wanted to uh, tell you why um, I like getting my information from you. One, it was your honesty. But two, um, you, like me, uh, are a self-proclaimed not a good wrench. Yes. Yeah, me too. I stand I stand up for the drivers who don't wrench. I yeah. will die on that hill. Here's the thing, uh, and I've told this story on the podcast before. My dad could fix anything, uh-huh. and my dad was my hero, so I wanted to be like him. So that's where I got my love of cars, but I, I can't work on them. Uh. You know, we, we quickly realized with my mechanical ability, my job would be to hold the light. Yeah. Yeah. So... I always felt less than. And when you came on and I saw you saying that, you know, I don't wrench either. I was like, oh, a lot of a lot of uh, self-imposed shame was lifted, if, if that yeah. makes any sense. Yeah. 
Oh, that's, that's good. I'm glad. No, when I, I, you know, I race cars for fun, like in, endurance racing, like a team sport, mm. uh, like crappy cars, but it's fun. It's a good time. And, you know, you got to contribute, you know, everybody on the team contributes. It's not like a professional organization. And I ha- I can't work on the, if the car breaks, I'm making coffee. Right. You know what I mean? The car breaks, I'm going to find where, what is the best hamburger spot for the team you know within 20 miles of this racetrack you know what i mean mm. i'm calling my my friends who are chefs on the food network going who's got the dopest barbecue in millville new jersey right uh, because that's that's what i can do you know i can drive the car for mm. the most part without crashing it and then i can make the best food available happen for the people who are doing the actual work you're a good man i wanted to ask you this um, my car, I still remember my, my entryway car, the car, the first car I ever saw where I looked at it and just went, wow, was a, uh, a 63 split window coupe. Yeah. It was on Liberty Avenue in Queens. And I remember I was in the plumbing truck with my dad and he pointed it out. It was silver. And I remember, I remember vividly saying, daddy, that's a spaceship. And he laughed. And, uh, and that's the car that did it for me. Yeah. Well, that car really brought, you know, European styling uh, to uh, to an American brand, that split window. I mean, there was not really an American car before that that looked anything like that. Nothing. No, no. That was what a great looking car still is. And I think it was the first I think was it the first American car with uh, independent rear wheel suspension? The first. Now we're getting nerdy. Yes, nerd alert. Uh, I don't know about the first. It had independent rear suspension. It was the first Corvette with rear suspension. But did anything in the U.S. before it? I don't know. I don't know about that one. I'm probably not. But I don't want to be certain. I don't know. But it's a fucking hot car. And uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mine was the DeLorean. Hmm. Which, yeah, well, that's a that's a hindsight. <laughs> when a DeLorean, uh, the, the, if you showed a, if you showed a five year old in 1985 a picture of a DeLorean with the doors up, yeah, exactly. Go, Just you. That's a spaceship. Thank God the first gold wing door car you didn't see was a Bricklin. <laughs> You know, fortunately, I didn't learn about Bricklins until I was like fifteen or sixteen. I don't think. <laughs> There, that is an ugly car, man. Oof. You want you want to talk about a design that's gone badly? <laughs> I don't even think Malcolm can say, "Well, it looked good on paper." I don't even think it looked good there. <laughs> no, it, it did not. Oh my god! So the DeLorean lit the fuse for you. It did, and and it's. I still think it's a great looking car. Now, yeah. now that I I owned one for for a bit, and I I've, I've been there, and we all know that they don't drive so great. They don't go very fast, and and mm-hmm. yada yada yada. There's 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 plenty of issues with DeLoreans. Well, you can buff them with steel wool. <clears throat> you can do the steel wool thing. You can definitely do the steel wool thing. Yeah, um, but. Uh, it, to a five-year-old, that was that was that was the car that really said, "Okay, cars can be more than whatever this brown thing is." My parents are driving me around in, right? Um, and and it 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 I fortunately was able to, uh, even though I didn't necessarily I didn't have an an end goal, I was just able to after. Uh, being a failed photographer after college go, you know what? I really like cars and, and I don't know, really care what I'm doing in cars. Let me just get 
get in somehow. And I worked mm-hmm. at dealers and I worked at rental car companies and I started a car wash with my friend and, and, and doing those activities put me in the right circle at the right time when YouTube became a thing. And it was like, Oh wait, I can make videos of this shit that I'm doing and just share those with people like, Oh, that's a thing. Um, and, and so that really, you know, uh, I was ready when the technology was ready for someone like me. <laughs> that, yeah. And you want to know something I've always admired about you is you're a hustler, baby. Yeah. I, I bust my ass. And and you also have the, the awareness to know the terrain. Yeah. I mean, I, you, do you mean that from the, do you mean that when I'm driving a car or from, no, the, or from the landscape of the. Not, 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 not just driving a car, but you realized where you wanted to go, what was available at the time being the, the burgeoning of YouTube. You put the pieces together and put you yourself in a situation where you could succeed. Yeah. And if I understand correctly, you started making the videos. Someone saw the videos. Derek D. from Fastlane Daily got sick. They called you to fill in. Yes. You did it. You did a great job. And then you had the stones to say, I would like my own show on this channel. And they said yes. Yeah, pretty much. That That's a yeah, pretty good summary right there, actually. Derek, uh, uh, Derek got sick, and there was a guy who I had known from when I was at the rental company. Uh-huh. So I met him when I was at one job and then I was already moved on to a whole other job and, and, and making YouTube videos for this other thing. Right. And he saw me and he's like, wasn't that that guy I saw over here doing this? And he was like, that guy, that guy's okay at talking about cars. And um, in hindsight, I probably wasn't, but, but I was okay or whatever. And, uh, and they needed a host and uh, yeah, Derek got sick. And, and on that very first day I met JF and I met all those, you know, all those people. Now the guy who got me that job, <laughs> ultimately, you know, he's in prison. Now. <laughs> well, you know, things happen. Did he ever say, just take this envelope across town. Don't look in it. No, but one of my favorite stories to tell is that he asked me to hang on to a car of his uh-huh. that was going to be picked up for shipping. And he did not tell me that he was trying to hide that car from his wife. Right. And so when he left this car with me and then he kind of ghosted me and didn't return my calls and texts for a while, I called his wife looking for him. <laughs> and I blew up his entire thing. Oh. You want you want me to run a fucking scam with you, and you're not going to let me in on the scam? I mean, geez, come on, Matt. None of this is your fault. <laughs> so Fast Lane Daily goes down, um, and you got to start all over again. So you move to LA, LA to, to yeah, to LA to do the smoking tire. Like same thing. You got to put yourself in that place, right? Yeah. And so we thought in the beginning that it was that that YouTube would be a way to get my name out there and hopefully get TV gigs like your top gear gig Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, and, and use, use it as just kind of a, an always updated audition reel. Smart. Um, Once we realized that TV isn't always what it was cracked up to be. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, even in, you know, testify. No. Yeah. You know, uh, I think, and even Top Gear is fairly rarefied air. I mean, compared to regular cable TV, Top Gear's budget is enormous. And compared to U.S. Top Gear, U.K. Top Gear's budget is enormous. You ain't and, lying. And, but in reality, like nobody else's budget is anywhere near that. And you and it's and to do a travel car show on TV, the reality of I don't know it. Whatever, forever, whatever reason, 
it I ended up better suited on the internet than than on television, which is something I'm completely fucking fine with at this point. Well, you're very good at it, my friend, and <clears throat> you're a self-creator, a self-promoter, and you know what they can't do to you? They can't take it away from you. Yeah. Chairman of Can't Get Fired Productions. Love it. And it gives you, you know, a sense of security. But yeah. what I wanted to ask you was um, when you moved out here um, to do it, how was that emotionally? Was it, uh, you know, was it scary to do? Was it um, your trepidation well, so about look, it? look, you know, I'm a fairly privileged dude. And my father is a, is a successful businessman. And while, you know, he doesn't finance my life by any means, to come from a background of a secure financial situation allows you to be a little riskier with your choices than other people get to be. You right. know what I mean? I didn't, it wasn't, I didn't, I didn't move to LA with two fucking cents in my pocket, sleeping on a park bench. You know, Jay Leno slept on the stairs behind the comedy store for like six months. Like, all right, respect. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, I, uh, I sold I sold my car, uh, which uh, which helped finance the smoke tire. And yeah, I mean, it, we didn't really have much of a plan besides move to Los Angeles and keep making videos. I mean, the good news was we we already knew how to make videos, and we knew that we didn't really need anybody else to make videos. Right. And and I had enough money from selling this car that we would have been all right, you know, for six or eight months or whatever, you know, we treated it like a business. It wasn't a hobby. It was a business. So if we were, if you were opening a store or you were opening any kind of business, you'd start with a little bit of money. You wouldn't sure. start with nothing. And so we treated it like that and, and, and it managed to, to carry us through the beginning and we just grew the thing slowly over time. And, and eventually that did turn into some TV gigs. It turned into some other side hustles. It turned into the drive network. It turned into doing the podcast and, um, and, and it, and it, and then it uh, evolved even further in, back to writing for print, back to the magazine that made me love cars when I was a kid. And now I get to write for road and track and, 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 now I have now I have physical magazines to mail to my father and go be proud of me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't thank you enough, uh, my friend. I, uh, I I really enjoy spending time with you. Uh, I look forward to being on uh, to being on your show as well, and I, I'm really looking forward to see the West Side Collector Car Storage. Um, this is my pal Matt Farah. Check out the Smoking Tire podcast, and uh, and best to you and the family, pal. Thanks for having me, Adam. I really appreciate it. The ADD interview was brought to you by CruiseIntoWellness.com. CruiseIntoWellness.com for all your CBD needs. Now, let's say you have some specific travel needs. Sneaking weed through airports before it was legal. This could cause you a little anxiety. So why don't you do what I do? Take one of the gummies they have at Cruise Into Wellness. They also have edibles, tinctures, pain creams, bath products, and pet products. Take 20% off with the coupon code ADAM. Take it. Take it now. CruiseIntoWellness.com. Go. Feel better. I'm Matt Farah from The Smoking Tire, and that's 30 minutes I'll never get back. I had a lot of fun catching up with Matt. He's a good guy. Yeah. And the garage oh, is yeah. beautiful. Yeah. I was I was like, I, when I went to do The Smoking Tire podcast, was, he took me all around the garage and showed me the car. It was really, really, really well done. And you know what I loved about him was the awareness he had about being putting himself in a position. Mm-hmm. 
He's like, look, I like cars. I'll put myself where they are, and then I'll, I'll, I'll find my way to where I want to be. He started washing them. He started renting them. He got the wherewithal to get a camera and start putting it on the internet. And, um, Smart. Uh, and then when he had the opportunity at Fast Lane Daily, he had the stones to ask for his own show. I thought that was great. Very, very smart. Yeah. Yeah. And I like Fastlane Daily. And <laughs> <laughs> and I like when you're around car people because yeah. this whole personality comes out on you. No. And I think you went a little fanboy. I did. I did. I, <laughs> it was I nice to see. I didn't mean to, but I did. <laughs> I like the fact that he just asked if he can have a show and they said yes. Why didn't we think of that, Adam? I know. Because we're idiots. <laughs> we just do that. Well, now after we took the test, we know we can. <laughs> I would like a show and I hope you strongly agree. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, when Fastlane Daily, when it came out, it was really cool. It was, first of all, it was this, it was a podcast. It was like my own little thing. You know, when you discover your own thing mm -hmm. and every day was something different. Derek D was hosted and I became friends with Derek. Mm -hmm. uh, and then uh, Leo Parenti did the shakedown on Friday and JF Mutual and Alex Roy. I used to love that segment. And I, that's where I first saw Matt. And then I got to meet him at Top Gear, which was really cool. Yeah. I like walking around with you, Adam, because any car you see, you like immediately know all this stuff about it, arcane knowledge. I'm like, how the hell does this guy know it? Like, were you talking about the Cadillac and the eight cylinders, the exhaust? Oh, yeah. yeah, the CTSV when it came out, the uh, the one with the supercharger uh, had round exhaust and the mm -hmm. six cylinder had the triangle exhaust. And I was walking around with Marcus, said, you see that? And he's like, yeah. I go, that's got an eight cylinder, it's got a supercharger in it. And, you know, nobody cares. So. <laughs> I care, Adam. I know, nobody, nobody cares. <laughs> Yeah, it drives you crazy, doesn't it? It makes you feel stupid almost. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know anything about because he does that to me all the time. We'll be there. My son, too, Michael, another guy that has knowledge of cars. We'll be, we'll be at a traffic light. You know, what kind of car is that, Adam? Oh, that's a 69 uh, Pontiac GTO. Came off the assembly line August 3rd. A guy named Al was the first owner. How do you know that? <laughs> <laughs> How do you know that? <laughs> when it's, you like something, you know things. Yeah, it's just fun. It, it's fun. You know, my dad, my dad knew cars from the 50s. He could point out everything. Like, you know, that's a Studebaker. He knew everything. So I guess... It, that just kind of got. I'm not. I'm not that good at the '50s. The muscle cars are really what I like. Mm, yeah, but I, I, I like that you like muscle cars. You do? Yeah. Why is that? Because they're sexy. Thank you, baby. <laughs> <laughs> you know, th they all have personality and. And may I say, Varum, Varum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Matt's got a car at the Peterson. He's got the uh, his Countach there, his Lamborghini. Okay, That's is Countach cool. really mean? Look that ass. That's the way I heard it. Yes. <laughs> you guys are nuts. It does not mean that. What does it mean? It actually I looked it up. Of course you did. Go ahead. <laughs> it literally means plague or contagion. Well, that's timely, don't you think? <laughs> it's plague or contagion. It's odd. Yeah. It's, it's odd, I I have to say. They usually name them after bulls, as you know. Yes. This one was a little different. Okay, here's what I don't get. I, I, <laughs> the way I heard it was an expression of joy. And anytime, if you see a little Italian guy in my neighborhood, look at that ace! That makes him happy. Oh, That's my the way goodness. I heard it. Well, you're right. It is an expression of amazement, which is joyous. Because when you think contagion... <laughs> like well, fine automobile. And it was one of those cars when I was a kid that you saw. It was a spaceship when I was a kid. You know, because you don't oh, see yeah. stuff like that. That and the the uh, the sixty three split window coupe. My father pointed out it was a silver one, on Liberty Avenue in Queens, and it literally looked like a spaceship. I think I told Matt that in the interview. It's funny because a friend of mine who sells exotic cars mm -hmm. sold um, Jay Leno his car. Right. He told me a story that people will want a Porsche, will buy a Porsche, mm -hmm. and then a week later will come back to him and say, "You know what? I'm going to take the Lamborghini." 
can I exchange this for the Lamborghini? And because he's like, why? Because the Lamborghini, you get more looks. Oh, okay. So they're buying it. Yeah. To be they want at. the looks. Yeah. Yeah. They want the, the doors come up. I mean, look at some, um, like what Matt said, mm. uh, the DeLorean. Mm. Oh, sure. When you see, you know, the doors up, it, there's something different. Like you said, maybe a spaceship. Maybe. Yeah. It's... But that, that's a Lamborghini. A Lamborghini's the loud, drunken uncle at a wedding. You know, <laughs> he's smashed. He's on the dance floor. He's wearing a white suit. He just kissed the bride right in the mouth. That's that guy. <laughs> well, <laughs> you, you know what I'm thinking? That's but, a Lamborghini. Yes, honey. I'm thinking maybe someone who's a little extroverted mm -hmm. wants to jump in a Lambo and feel like the life of the party. I strongly agree. Yeah. <laughs> See, if I was going to get a car to get attention, I wouldn't get a Lamborghini. What I'd, would you get? I'd get the Pope Mobile with the Pope in it. Ooh. <laughs> with, the bubble? Yeah. with the bubble? With the that's, bubble. That's Just a lot of maintenance. Yeah. Got to have the bubble option. You know what was really funny? Remember we went to the Peterson, they took us in the basement? That was fun. So they took us in the basement where they keep everything, right? And uh, I saw they had a Pope Mobile down there. Wow. Yeah. When the Pope went to Mexico, they got an old caddy DTS and they cut the back off. So it looked like an El Camino. Mm -hmm. And they put a fishing chair in there. That was it. Just a fishing chair. No bubble, nothing. <laughs> there you go, your holiness. Yeah. Get in the back, John. You know, he's just... <laughs> right? So the Pope went down to Mexico. He blessed the thing, right? The Swiss guard that looks out for the Pope leaned in and went, you know, okay, you're not riding this piece of shit, Papa. Oh, so you never rode in it? Never rode in it. So we were, down, we were down there, and I said, could I sit in the fishing chair and take a picture? And the guy went like this. He's like... You can. The last guy that did that got really sick, and there was bats over his house. I'm like, all right, look, I'm not going anywhere near this thing. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, I was like, no, Adam. No. Yeah. So I just took a picture. I don't need. A, I don't need a pope curse put on me. Yeah, no pope curse. <laughs> no. Yeah, they had that down there, and they had uh, Elvis's Pantera that he bought for uh, Priscilla. She he bought. I was seventy one or seventy two Pantera, and, and the guy came up. You see that? See that hole in the steering wheel? Yeah, that's a twenty two. What? Yeah, Elvis found out she was cheating on him with the karate instructor and squeezed off a few rounds. <laughs> wow. Hopefully while well, she wasn't in the car. Either that or he missed, because she's fine. <laughs> yeah. And Elvis died on the toilet, so there you go. <laughs> He's a bad child. That is wild. Yeah. Wow. But uh, yeah, it was, it was a, a Pantera that's down there. They also had uh, Billy Gibbons, Cadzilla. That ZZ Top. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it was a 49 Caddy. He, like, dropped... And it was channeled. It was really, really, really cool looking. They had all kinds of stuff down there. Mm -hmm. Steve McQueen's 54 Jag. that he, oh. Yeah, he raced it in Lamar, right? And he, he flew it back here, and they made it into a streetcar for him. It had the leather straps. Mm -hmm. it, was, oh. it was the British Racing Green. He had the leather straps uh, that, that held the, uh, the hood down. It was real, really, really cool. Yeah, Peterson's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And Matt's got a car there. You're, right. like, you're like a kid in a candy store when you go into a place like that, aren't you? I know, man. You don't want to so leave. Fun. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I tell you, I got a lot of respect for Matt. He followed what he wanted to do. Mm -hmm. uh, he found a way to do it. Mm -hmm. uh, and then and, and, uh, and I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to thank uh, Matt Farah for being my guest. The Smoking Tire Podcast is a lot of fun. I highly recommend you check it out. Honey, if they want to get a hold of us, where do they go? The Adam Farrar at Gmail. Uh, you know the show is growing because you are doing it, and we are very grateful. Tell somebody you love about it, and uh, if you get a chance to leave us a review, that helps us with our friend. Mr. Algorithm. And remember, life is hard. Take it easy on yourself. Pod is ended. Go in peace. Honey, what does this say? <laughs> honey, how you do this? Honey, <laughs> honey. <laughs> <laughs>
Thank God you're there, Alex. I stopped answering him.